like I can play a kind of more hip hop oriented show and get my buddy Brad and my buddy Carson on bass and drums and they can like groove out and give it more of like a bounce to some of the songs. Or I can just grab my acoustic guitar and play the 200 like gutter punks underneath a bridge in Toronto and just <laughs> yeah. speed, speed everything the fuck up. Which, and, which like, is a true it, right? story. He's not exaggerating it under it a is. bridge. <laughs> it's true. It's true. The, the under the bridge show, it's kind of a yearly thing here. It hasn't been the last few years because of COVID, but uh, yeah, I can grab uh, my acoustic and just play everything a bit faster and yell it a bit more and it kind of adapts accordingly in that way. And that's kind of what I've always wanted to do with my music as well, right? It's like just have not really be able to be placed in a genre, but be able to fit in among other musicians of all different genres. What's up, everybody? How are you doing today? Last week, I posted an audio only version of the Creative Imbalance, and it was just me. It was called Just Checking In, and it got such a nice response from people, all these private messages, uh, and it seemed like you guys really liked that content, and it sparked something in my brain to maybe do that style of episodes with guests we already had on the podcast. So no need to go into their origin story again, you can go back and listen to it. And actually, there's many with this one, because today, for the fourth time, we got our homie Joe Cash on the show. Musician, filmmaker, and just all around a pleasant guy. Today, we check in with him. He tells us what's going on right now, some lessons he learned over the pandemic, and we both get into some deep talk and some very, very fun talk as we also talk about his collection of 90s stuff. He gives us an in-depth look into the Toronto punk scene, which he's very close to. And we both share some stories of some of the debauchery we got into. And it's it's very unique debauchery. <laughs> As some of you guys know, me and Joe both film for the Battle Rap League, King of the Dot. And the early days were madness. And around that, we, uh, with our videography life, even outside of King of the Dot, when we're filming shows, we're always at clubs and stuff. And there was a mix of work and play. And sometimes the scales would get tipped more towards the play. And yeah, you're going to hear all about this in this episode. It's so great to check in with Joe. And here we go. I got to go to three concerts. And so the first one was 90s Fest, which was the best, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. But then uh, with uh, the band Lime Ricky I work with, we did our... A video release show at the bovine and i was just having like a weird day like i had like a four hour long anxiety attack because i wasn't used to like i didn't even perform i just had to make sure my laptop didn't suddenly cut out while the song was playing oh, but i'm not yeah. used to being in front of, like that much pressure because it's been so long and then i did some uh photos at the uh anti queens and danko joe show at the phoenix and then everything shut down again so I got I got a little bit of fun in there, but yeah, who knows? I'm glad stuff's opening up. Um, hopefully it'll last, and hopefully I get to go to another concert or play another concert. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned 90s Fest. Uh, most people listen to the audio versions of these, but if you are right. watching the YouTube version of this or on the Patreon, you can see in Joe's background, he's got the 90s memorial of like collection of things you can't find anymore he's got a so delicious uh orbit actually I, I, I want you to tell people about so delicious um actually I know there's a couple of Americans who listen to this so I don't know if they had 
did they have soda delicious in America or I would think they did just because the guy I got this from was in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, okay. So cool. yeah, I, I would so assume unless unless he moved there and brought it with him or something. But uh, yeah, basically, for those that don't know, uh, so delicious was this fruit snack candy that was shaped like either little uh, soda like root beer mugs, like a uh, frothy root beer mug, or like little glass soda pop bottles. They're um, from like late '90s into the early 2000s. They were discontinued around the same time, like the PTAs and stuff wanted uh, healthier snacks in schools and they were banning soda from schools. So that's why a lot of the fruit candies you see today have like fruit shapes because it's supposed to um, encourage healthy eating, so to speak, which is just preposterous to begin with. Like it's, it, they're balls of gelatin and sugar, right? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I managed, they, they hold a very dear spot to me mainly because I always wanted them. So when my parents would get them because they were a little on the pricey side for fruit snacks, it was like a big deal and it would only happen once in a while. But I managed to find this one after about, I'd say five, four to five years of scouring the internet. Uh, and it was this whole process. So on like the fifth page of Google images one day, I found a random, a photo of a random loose pack that was tied to an old shutdown sales website that was tied to a username then i then googled which popped up as a ebay username and then i messaged that person and then it turns out his listing for this box of so delicious wasn't being shown in canada because of some weird ebay restrictions but he was able to put it up as a collectible instead of a food item and i was able to purchase it and then ah. he went, yeah, and then we had to wait like four or five months because uh, there was that whole mail debacle uh, with the U.S. Postal Service uh, back in 2020 where like Trump shut everything down. I, I can't even remember what happened. It was like both so long ago and not that long ago now. But yeah, I managed to get my hands on it. It's completely sealed. And he sent me, um, he also sent me a pack oh i see no it's on my other shelf over there but just a loose pack of the slam and soda root beer flavored ones and if you go on my youtube channel uh just joe cash on youtube you can watch me and my buddy johnny open up that pack from 1999 this box is from 2002 <laughs> but we opened up the pack in 1999 and uh, ate the candy and uh, i'm still here to tell the tale i had a wicked bad stomach ache later that night but like i also think i had like some burger king and maybe like some ice cream and like my lactose intolerant ass just wasn't having any of it so who yeah knows what so really you're not totally was. positive it was the 20 year old snack that killed you that day right but i also exactly there's many factors but i also won't say that it wasn't just mm -hmm. because i'm not trying to encourage everybody to go around eating 21 year old candy but yeah, discretion 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 it but if you want to live vicariously through joe check out his youtube channel and watch definitely. that and definitely we're going to share the link of that as well it was so hilarious and even like i remember the day you posted that video i was so like stoked but almost like that same feeling you get when you're about to like watch a new like jackass movie and they're yes. about to do something really fucking stupid it's like yes he's gonna eat 20 year old candy let's go <laughs> right <laughs> you get that same like <laughs> rush but also like warmth in your heart <laughs> like <laughs> it's true man there's like a weird adrenaline rush that comes with even doing it and uh i know what you mean though watching that stuff 
So I'm, I'm trying to go see the new Jackass movie this weekend now that theaters are open. Hopefully it won't be sold out, but uh, payday's Thursday and uh, I'm going to try and go Friday or Saturday. And it's that same feeling of yeah. like anticipating somebody doing something that's possibly very stupid. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. And uh, let me know if you're going. I, I'll, I'll go with you if, the uh, like oh, you yeah. said, if it's not sold out or we can check a matinee or some shit. Also, Definitely. uh yeah, I was uh, listening to uh, Steve-O's got a great podcast, too, where he talks to, like, all those guys. And um, I thought this jackass was going to be toned down because they're, like, a lot older. But apparently they're like, yeah, like, we all we almost died. And this is definitely going to be the last one. We're too old. And he was saying about how um, the older they all get, like, their bones break easier. They get concussed easier. And, uh, yeah, this was, like, kind of, like, their last hurrah. But they did not tone it down, apparently, which is making me very intrigued. And also, they said awesome. this is, like, the most, like, hospital trips they ever had filming, like, a movie. Just because they're all brittle now and, like, going gray and everything. Yeah, I mean, well, like, yeah. I mean, as I get older, everything starts to hurt more. Hangovers get worse. Like, mm-hmm. for how bad my hangovers have gotten now at, like, 31 compared to 26, I can understand why them, you know, in their 40s and 50s probably shouldn't be firing themselves out of cannons anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah, I get that. I mean, I'm glad they were able to get one more out, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually interesting, too. Like, uh, I've been thinking about the hangover thing, too. Like, myself, too. I've I'm getting them real bad as the older I get, I, and which is making me drink less, but for a long period of time, like how I kind of knew you, like we started shooting for King of the Dot and it was a half work, half almost party-like experience. You remember? Like, yeah. or don't remember, like just waking up and yeah. hoping we, <laughs> I captured this on film type of thing. And uh, that's, that's something I think about too. And it's, it was such like, a magical like reckless time like I've never been like a touring musician or whatever but every at least once a month we'd have or a couple times a month because sometimes we do tryouts and stuff it's like we're all there in a club we'd uh we'd film the battles and then after it's party time and it's like I go to work have a good time and then I feel like some of those earlier shows too even what I would get paid I would spend it all at the bar. <laughs> like that yeah. Night. Oh, that was always you an just, issue. You just break. Yeah, it was an issue. But also <laughs> it's like, I think back, it's just like, whoa, those were amazing times. And I don't think my body can handle doing it that often anymore. Oh, hell no. I like, yeah. if I have, if I have, if I even have to like gro- go grocery shopping one day, I cannot drink the night before because mm-hmm. I won't do anything the next day. Or I just like, I don't trust my body to survive out in society the following day it's like if i'm not like close enough to a washroom or a water source i i can't deal with it i can't handle it and like the, the big thing that gets me is being tired man like but i spend the whole day the next day fighting sleeping like the entire day and then just so i don't ruin my sleep schedule and then like 11 p.m comes around it's like yeah i can go to sleep and i'm wide awake till 4 a.m yeah yeah it's like uh it's more taxing too i also feel like uh now just like with lockdowns and stuff like that it's my work situation's been off and on where it's i can't afford to just piss my money away too for for nothing gotta be a little more frugal but i also on a positive note i do notice when 
I do party and it's uh it's more occasional it feels extra special you know it's not like oh this is just another day I'm drunk again or whatever and uh it's uh I had a moment where it was like New Year's and I was just chilling by myself like most people were locked down and uh I noticed just there's a bar by beside my house a uh, far side and every right. time I walk by like the the people who work there are nice like we've wave but I never really go sit at the bar I'm like I'm gonna go there for one drink I'm like I haven't had a drink in like weeks I'm like (laughs) or and I didn't even expect to get drunk I'm just gonna go say hi to the bartender have a fucking uh old-fashioned and uh give him a nice tip and leave ends up it's last call me and the whole bar we're all buying each other shots (laughs) next day I walk up to that bar I'm like oh my god did I pay my bill I don't remember going home (laughs) and he's like he's like yeah man you said you said goodbye and he's like you live next door anyways I could just knock on your door it's no big deal but from like not doing that all the time and just doing it that one night it just felt uh extra special you know and I didn't feel guilt about it i don't know if uh you've ever been on a binge and you get that weird guilt or like thousand percent man i said weird guilt but it's it's not weird it's just like it's a necessary guilt i think i think it's your body and your mind being like yo you can't do this all the time yeah exactly you know it's actually interesting you say that because i was talking about this with my dad recently and it's like if i like get drunk like one day and like just waste the day and like wake up and I'm super hungover and waste the whole next day. It's like, I feel like I should have been doing shit and I didn't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh my God, maybe I've ignored like one or two things I was supposed to do, whether they were semi-important or really important, but I don't mind like say going to hang out with some of my punk buddies and we spend two days drinking, but also working on an entire pilot for a TV show we've created or recording a whole bunch of songs or something. So then it's like, Oh yeah, I was an absolute piece of human garbage for two days, <laughs> but we got an entire pilot that we're going to shop around now or something like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's so like I some sh- productivity with the like half work, half play type of thing, you know? Exactly. That's the thing. And it's like, it's kind of like what you were saying um you can boil it down to two things one like special occasions and one like working productivity if i'm at the studio with a bunch of homies especially like these days with the lockdowns and everything and the wishy-washiness of how many people could be in a indoor space at a time it's like now if i get to go to the studio with a bunch of homies for the night and i have some drinks and like i wake up the next day and it's like look we recorded like three songs then it kind of takes care of both those things. It's like, I got something productive done and it was a special occasion seeing friends I haven't seen in a while, getting to go out and actually do something outside of like having to sit at home with these lockdowns or whatever, right? Yeah, hell yeah. I feel that that's that's extra important too. And um, I've been at times like overly isolated and I'm uh, reminding myself just to get out when you can, (laughs) Even, even sometimes like, when they're saying it's kind of dangerous like there's safe ways to do it you know and and like kind of like yeah. hang with your friends who've also keeping it safe too and i've been exactly. fine and just been doing that and like never had an issue haven't had like covid and, or anything so right. i don't know i feel like there's a safe way to do it. but it's, it's cool to hear that uh you've been doing that uh with like the lime ricky boys those guys are awesome um Hell one yeah. thing i noticed actually from meeting you too is how um 
just prevalent a punk scene is in Toronto, where I feel like it's kind of like a hidden gem, but there's so much quality like punk bands from like the Lime Rickies to uh, to the Filthy Radicals and like just there's just like it's it seems like it's like uh, thriving. Even your buddies like Piff Break and stuff. Yeah. And it's all very excellent music and yeah, yeah. It's it's it is interesting because it kind of flies under the radar. And there's like this weird thing too with the Toronto punk scene where like it's one of the last I shouldn't say it's weird, but it's it really feels to me like between the underground punk scene and the underground hip hop scene here, like it feels like one of the very last like really community oriented like connection driven uh scenes, music scenes in Toronto. Like it's it feels like going out in like the 2000s like the early to mid 2000s when i used to go out to all, the majority of the punk shows as a teenager and shit it's like everybody shows up to each other's shows or video shoots and like everybody hangs out outside of those things too it's not just like mm-hmm. oh the people at the shows and stuff it's like we're all constantly creating and working on stuff whether it be youtube content or music videos or starting side projects like I'm starting a side project with Tyler from Lime Ricky, our buddy Davey from Dead Cemetery, and Molly from the Felty Radicals. Uh, yeah, she's, she's awesome, by the way. Right? I used to love her uh, last band, uh, uh, Copper Crown. Copper yes. Crown. Oh, yeah, so yeah. dope. And, but that's the thing. is like, it's still very fe- It still very much feels like there's an actual like community here versus just like the same people that go to shows and only big shows to see big bands and then like that's the only time you see these people out. And there's nothing against that i know a lot of people have families jobs responsibilities and shit unlike you know me but it's still a it's still a community out there and people don't really realize that until you get out and get involved like look how many people you've met even just randomly in the last two years like the couple times we've seen each other when cases have been low and it's been safe to hang out and stuff like mm-hmm. next thing you know we're all in a park with like Lime Ricky and then like the punk scene, but then like all of a sudden Bobby from fucking uh, Dead Celebrities. Dead Cele- yeah, shout out to Bobby. And then and like then, your birthday, uh, that chick from like a uh, bad waitress and like, yeah, exactly. Like, right. It seems like uh, if you look at the scene from afar, uh, you wouldn't notice how like tight knit and almost strangely connected uh, everybody is. And yeah, you, you mentioned Bobby and he's, his band's like kind of from a couple generations back and they're yeah. he's still like woven into the brand new scene. And like, it's, it's so cool, man. Like it, it really is. It's an interesting, yeah. it's an interesting time to be a punk rocker in Toronto or no punk rockers in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Even I noticed too, like uh, basically like I, I think I'm pretty sure like I got connected to all this because of you and just going out to even your shows, which, aren't technically punk rock it's kind of like an acoustic type of uh mellow vibe but you're so embedded in that scene where the whole punk community are going to be like yo let's watch let's watch joe play some staffy songs or like have you open for them too on a punk show or even you you being part of like hip-hop shows as well just because of uh your connection and it, it almost goes uh what i find a beautiful thing about you and your spirit too it crosses all genres like it doesn't matter 
but it's also very like genuine. Like you can put Joe Cash on a hip hop show. You can put Joe Cash on a punk show. You can put him on a rock show or just an acoustic night. And it's naughty out of place. Even comedy shows. Like I did a comedy show. You played it too. It just fit in. There's something. Uh, where I was going to say that show had everything. And, yeah. Yeah. But it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. It's just a vibe you portray that uh, is it's, it's authentic and it's just, realness you know and it connects to other genres that are raw and real as well for sure and i appreciate you saying that because that's something i've always kind of strived to do and i think part of that comes from like my backgrounds of punk rock and hip-hop even though i like and you can see the influences in my music there like you know writing basic structured songs with like short to the point lyrics but that are like has still have that rawness to it occasionally maybe flowing it up on a part of the song where it sounds like a bit of a rap or something like mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's that there but yeah the rawness the authenticity and like i'm able to adapt um my songs in some ways too like i can play a kind of more hip-hop oriented show and get my buddy brad and my buddy carson on bass and drums and they can like groove out and give it more of like a bounce to some of the songs or I could just grab my acoustic guitar and play the 200 like gutter punks underneath a bridge in Toronto. And just <laughs> yeah. Speed, speed everything the fuck up. Which, and, which like, is a true it, story. Right? He's not exaggerating it under it a is. bridge. <laughs> it's true. It's true. The, the under the bridge show, it's kind of a yearly thing here. It hasn't been the last few years because of COVID, but uh, yeah, I can grab uh, my acoustic and just play everything a bit faster and yell it a bit more. And it kind of adapts accordingly in that way. And that's kind of what I've always wanted to do with my music as well, right? It's like just have not really be able to be placed in a genre, but be able to fit in among other musicians of all different genres. Yeah, that's that's beautiful too. Even <laughs> I remember being free for the Under the Bridge show, but also uh, I remember talking to you because immediately after seeing your set i would have had to go to something formal yeah i, th- I think it was i think it was wasn't like, a wedding or something or I forget all i remember i was wearing a dress shirt dress right. pants like nice shoes and uh, i was talking to you and you're like yo it's fucking muddy under here <laughs> yeah yeah I'm like you know what man if you gotta go somewhere nice yeah. like people because i was and as i was talking to you i was watching people like just loop out on their ass and just slide down the mud in the hill and like drop all their shit. And I was like, yeah, you know what? It's probably a good idea. You don't try and come under here because they're go- they're not going to let you into whatever you have to go to next. Yeah. That's the only time I've been free and you were playing and I, I passed on going. Ever. Hey man, I don't blame hopefully you. Hopefully it's I, the like, last. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I get to play another one of those shows. I love doing shit like that. Yeah. I want to organize something along those lines like like maybe like mid spring to early summer if like people are feeling safe enough but like playing outdoors like even the last like one of the last times you saw me um was it the last time you saw me but when with, with lime ricky yeah when we played yeah, at bedford yeah 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 underneath like the school because it was like raining or whatever and it's like, yeah, like I love doing stuff like I've always loved doing stuff like that more than playing in a venue, mainly because I can bring my own beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nobody has to pay a cover or like buy drinks and stuff, right? And uh, but other than that, like yeah. those are the shows that I've always kind of really enjoyed 
the most. Yeah, that was a beautiful day too, especially um, another pro about like kind of playing outside in a park too, where people wouldn't expect it to, is people walking by turning oh, yeah. and being like, oh, what's that? And I remember uh, Lime Ricky was there just like fucking shredding, like fucking punk. And this lady's walking with her dog and you could tell she's a punk rocker. She had like patches all over. And yeah. she was like, whoa, what's going on here? And like went like right up to him, like taking all these pictures. But like she didn't like know anybody. Like this is like this is an awesome, magical thing. She just stumbled on in a Sunday afternoon, you know? Yeah, she was just walking by with her dog. And like that's gotta be awesome too. I would love that, like just walking around downtown and all of a sudden there's this a punk show going on like i'm about to go to the lcbo and come right back guys <laughs> yeah see, yeah see you in 15 minutes keep playing yeah. and that's um that's a thing too for people like uh who are outside of toronto uh to let them know beers at venues are so expensive it's like it's it's roughly it's 10 criminal. bucks too if you're gonna tip it's usually like eight nine or something like that that's and, the people forget yeah. about the tip right yeah yeah because you, like, you got a oh, tip too yeah yeah, only $7 beers. It's like, yeah, but really it's $9 beers because you're tipping two bucks on each beer. Yeah, yeah. It's you know just what I mean? Like, the way it is. And I remember uh, when we were doing King of the Dot, I used to, this is when I was getting conscious to what we were talking about, where I was spending all my money at the party afterwards. Yeah. Where I, I decided, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I'm going to sneak in beers in my camera bag because obviously you're not supposed to do that but i have equipment and bags coming in but what i would do is i'd be at a show like a month prior and i'd look at the the bar and be like okay what tall cans do they have in the venue here and i remember the big thing around the opera house stuff was they were selling coors banquet so right. <laughs> i ended up buying a ton of coors banquet <laughs> From I probably had like eight beers, which would have cost me the price of like buying two beers in the venue. Yeah, I for sure. Strategically put them under like all my lenses and cameras and just like so the top of my bag was all like the equipment and under was all the 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 beers. And I remember there's this one instant or one instance, uh the security was so adamant about like checking every piece of camera equipment and they went backstage and I remember like um getting a little panicky and I ran away <laughs> and uh, I think it might have even been you or Julian or somebody that came up to me and was like hey uh security's like once wants to look in your bag and looking for you and stuff like that and I just kept hiding and hiding and apparently they actually did open the bag so yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I was there when they opened the bag. Yeah, so I was in another room. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was your perspective? They just looked and it like they didn't see anything and just. Pulled. So it was kind of funny because they were very adamant about searching everybody's bags. So the thing was, um, Sandeep had a backpack there with like ten fucking liquor bottles in it. And I was like, <laughs> and they walked up and they're like looking in bags and they got to me and then your bag was sitting next to me. And I was like, all right, I gotta be honest with you guys. Cause I didn't know about the beers in your bag. You hadn't told me yet. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta be honest with you guys. This backpack here in front of me pointing to the one that Sandeep had brought in. I was like, it's filled with liquor. It's supposed to be for the staff and battlers and stuff for afterwards. I don't know why they brought it in here, but can I just run it out to the, um, uh, car or whatever I can't remember what I said but run it out to the car for later and put it in the trunk and 
one of the security guards was actually a guy that I sold weed to in high school. And so he like, he already liked me. So he was like, yeah, man, of course, or whatever. Right. And what ended up happening was they were like, whose bag's this? And I was like, oh, that's mine or something. And then they just like opened it and looked inside because I had already been like, oh, don't worry. I'll bring out all this liquor. And it was kind of like one of those decoys of like, oh, hey, cops, you're taking my weed here. I'll just offer up the two grams in this pocket, but I won't tell you about the four grams in this pocket. Yeah, yeah. Think you're doing something right. And so they looked in and I swear they even kind of moved, shuffled some stuff, but like didn't really take everything out. They're like, yeah, it's all good or whatever. And then because the, they had to walk with me up to the venue door to bring the stuff out so I didn't just go and like hide it somewhere else right yeah <laughs> and then I remember getting back and you were back and they were you were like did they look in my bag or something I was like oh yeah they just checked and then you kind of opened it up and you're like oh cool and then you pulled out a beer and I was like wait what the fuck and you're like yeah that's why I was hiding I'm like oh I'm gonna get in trouble they're gonna kick me out because I was thinking I was just gonna get booted from the venue and uh, well and we're, we're yeah. supposed to be like working and like you were doing yeah. like I think the, you're doing like the interviews uh the post-battle interviews and stuff yeah like, yeah like Dan and shit right so yeah, yeah. it was kind of <laughs> like man I can't get kicked out because then I don't get paid and like then like it just reflects poorly on me all around yeah, yeah yeah that was some funny <laughs> shit man i totally forgot about that yeah i remember the moment of me pulling it out after the whole like security fiasco and just yeah. like you being like oh my god and then i remember like even later on in the night out like uh dirtbag dan's doing the interviews and i'm recording them and we're just waiting or something i'm like hey you want a beer it's like he's like yeah like he's thinking i gotta like run to the bar or whatever he's like what it's like you holding out on me oh man it's good funny times. how good. often yeah it's funny how often stuff like that happened at those events though yeah that, like i you almost forget about some of them because it's like it's like oh yeah that happened and then you start thinking about all the other times shit like that has happened yeah too, right? i feel like the, the craziest ones were at the annex rec room i don't know we were all just like we were savages around that time. I feel yeah. like after those uh, events, we started maturing. Like, okay, we need to uh, focus more on our craft and yeah, maybe yeah. take it a little easy. Like, if we're gonna drink, like, drink later, you know, type of thing. But those right. were funny. I remember, like, we we also had like double the camera crew too. So, like, if somebody fucked up, it wouldn't it wouldn't be much of an issue. There's somebody would have an angle like there'd be like eight camera shots on the ring but i remember yes. one one time i had my camera in one hand and i had a mini pitcher of beer in my other hand and i'm just <laughs> filming a battle i'm like just pointing in the right and, and nobody bats an eye either that's the other because oh, no, everybody no. else is doing it too right it's all like the hosts like golly and shit they're just like yeah let's go <laughs> yeah, yeah. never lost any footage though i had times where i'm like oh please i hope everything recorded and i look i'm like thank fucking god and yeah i never had any issues with that either i mean that's why we always had at least a two camera setup because i mean like there was the one time uh world um four maybe uh it was it was the day three when the it was the same night the cops shut it down Ah, uh, yeah was, yeah it was during the award franchise battle and i was shooting main cam with my fisheye and my camera started like overheating and like shutting off and i had to like whisper to you to like take over main angle with your camera and then me and mark 
Paul had to jump off to the side and start like trying to figure out what the fuck was going on with my camera. But luckily we had like two or three other people on the stage at that point. And I was pretty sauced at that point too, because it was like one of the last two battles of the night. So like, I'm also like really like really buzzed, like trying to keep an eye open, like to see what's going on with my camera, yeah. like fumbling around in the dark corner of the venue. And, yeah. uh, but you know what? It's like, even still, we didn't lose any of that footage or audio and I think that whole debacle only lasted maybe like half of one round. Yeah. And we even, it, it, yeah, what was crazy too, it's like that night too, uh, the cops came in and uh, pretty much shut down the event. And at the time, I remember everybody being so furious, but it turned into one of my favorite moments of filming Battle Rap. Because so our venue got shut down and we're all like, fuck it, let's go across the street into the alley. And, uh, and we, we're all in the alley. We fire up the cameras, like the lights. And it, it was uh, it, it was frack against somebody. But uh, everyone's cheering. Yeah, fuck the police. Like, it looked so cool on film. And then Frack's first line was was like a freestyle. And uh, it was some I forget how he set it up. But he said like something he he related uh, Black Lives Matter to Frack Lives Matter because they they shut him down like mid middle of his round and That's just the right, whole yeah. alley just erupted cheering. I'm like, oh, that was a that was a cool moment. Like so many it, like little cool moments like that, just out of randomness. Because that's like the old school like King of the Dot like vibe of like the early days of that shit when they started it and stuff, right? So it was yeah. cool to be part of a moment as somebody that wasn't there from the beginning it was cool to be part of a moment that was kind of like the beginnings, uh, like the same vibe as the beginnings of King of the Dot as a company and the days of yeah. the outdoor rap. It, went, it, right? went, it got forced to be put back into its roots and everything. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so cool. Like we, we can honestly talk for five hours about like battle rap and <laughs> yeah. stuff. I, I want to get back to you, Joe, though. Like, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Over, over this time too, uh, have you been... Uh, focusing on music or did you kind of put that to the side or have you so been I, writing at all or yeah so i definitely have been um i'm literally like this close to releasing a new video and song and i want to say a new ep but really so i'm dropping in what actually brad was telling me yesterday it's more of an album because it's like 10 fucking songs now oh but cool that's exciting actually it is. And like, as for me, it's just like, I need to move on to things. So a lot of the songs have already been released, like songs like Scarborough Girl and Soda Pop and uh, Next Thursday, Summer Rain, like all that stuff. Right. Um, but I have like, a like maybe only like two new songs that are going to be on this EP Alligator Pie. I'm just mastering everything so that because everything's come out over like the last few years through different engineers and stuff i'm mastering everything right now just to get everything on the same level volume wise and shit so you don't like blow your eardrums down one song to the next yeah i'm gonna yeah. release that and then i have probably two eps worth of material almost ready to go and yeah like i've i've definitely gone through spurts like at the start of lockdowns and stuff it was hard because like the world was just so like what the fuck's going on i wasn't really feeling creative but then as things kind of got more like as like i kind of adapt to stuff and like 
things started like happening, I started like seeking more inspiration out and started writing some more tunes. So yeah, I've got some songs to go. I got a new music video that my homie C shot. Um, it's coming out hopefully any day now. I actually have to call him after we're done today just to be like, <laughs> hey, dude, sorry I haven't talked to you in like two weeks. I've been like hibernating basically. But uh, yeah, there's that. I got some collabs and stuff I've been working on. Um, you know, I've been working on some songs for this side project with Tyler from Lime Ricky and everything. I got a lot of stuff. It's just a lot of it's in its finalization stages, which can be a difficult point for a songwriter or uh, like musician to really finalize, like your whole idea is down, but it's like, oh, I gotta get this mastered. But then you wanna start working on writing this song or you get enthusiastic about this song. And you don't go back to just do that last little 5% of stuff that needs to be done for it to be yeah. released. So that's kind of what I've been focusing on the last couple of months. And especially the last month in general is like, okay, I have all these songs. I got to fucking finish them so I can release them because then I can release shit and then people can listen to it and then they can want more stuff. And then that'll inspire me to make more stuff. But it's just getting those last little things out that I'm doing now. And writing a bit here and there when I feel inspired, you know, but other than that, it's just been kind of a slow grind for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, even though I want to ask you, uh, coming out of this, uh, pandemic, you mentioned hibernating. I've been doing a lot of that too, myself, lots of time in your own thoughts too. Um, have you learned anything about yourself or like your, I don't know, your journey as an artist from, stepping back from everything for a while and just kind of being able to reflect and not being caught up in the whole movement of things? Definitely. Um, actually, an insane amount of things because, like, for example, there's been several times where I'm like, I'm, I've thought about it for too long. I'm fucking, I'm done with doing video work for the most part, like just the odd passion project here and there. I want to go back to school and start a whole new career. What kind of career do I want to start? And then two weeks later, I'll be like, oh, shit, people are hitting me up for music videos again. Okay, I want to do this again, right? And yeah, yeah. it's definitely been a lot of like, there's been actually a lot of that throughout the whole pandemic and especially coming out of it on this end of things now in 2022. It's like in the last three years or two years, I've, I've almost quit doing everything a few times. I've looked for, I've looked at like college courses. I've looked for different jobs. I've applied for different jobs. And I've both like, you know, had months where I can't write any songs because I just have no inspiration or days where I write four songs in a day. And it's been, it's been a real roller coaster, like not to be cliche in that sense, but it really has more than any other point in my life where the uncertainty mixed with like, you know, all of us are just so tired. Yeah. Like whether you're tired of the division with people or the having to constantly be safe or uh, like whether or not you're going to have a job in a week or mm -hmm. whether or not you're going to get sick or whether or not, you know, like uh, 
the world's going to end and like the sun's just going to swallow the earth up. It's like, yeah, yeah. Who knows? We're, we're living, we wouldn't, right? we wouldn't even be surprised anymore. You know, no, I like, think a lot of people would just be like, ah, we had yeah. a good run. I was humanity. We had a good run. Yeah. But, uh, but that's the thing is I've learned so much about myself in, but one of the biggest things that I've learned about myself is that I am still so unsure about so many things in my life that I've had to just start going with the flow mm. because every time I try and plan for something, I get thrown, a wrench gets thrown into it and I, I don't know what to do anymore. And I have to kind of restart from scratch. So if I don't plan too far ahead, that I don't have to restart over. So it's like, oh, like this show we're working on with Lime Ricky, it's um, it's going to be like a web series initially, right? Called Lime Time. It's like a mockumentary style thing, right? Awesome. But then as we were like editing it, and now that we have like the whole kind of first episode, like there's a solid rough cut down and everything. I was sitting there, I was like, yo, we have a pilot. Like, why don't we holler at some of these streaming services, whether it be a big one like Netflix or a local one like CBC? And it's like three months ago, four months ago, before we filmed this thing, I wouldn't have thought that I would have a pilot that I co-directed and have a small acting part in, like, ready to go to, like, shop around to people. So that's been kind of one of the bonuses of going with the flow. Oh, and that's, that's where fine. I'm at. That's where I'm at in, this, in life now. I'm just like fuck it whatever like whatever i'm doing this week i'm doing two months from now i don't know what i'm going to be doing we'll just see we'll see what i'm going to be doing two months from now yeah that's that's great to hear too and uh something i need to once in a while be reminded of just to go with the flow not overthink uh yeah just be present you know and that's i feel like also when the magic happens and also when you feel at ease um there's a guy uh He's kind of like a self-help type dude. His name's Eckhart Tolle. And okay. he has he has a book called The Power of Now. And it's it's pretty much like kind of like that, like living in in really training you to be present. Cause uh usually uh like a lot of your problems aren't even existing in the moment. It's things you're thinking about ahead or like your past, but really yeah. like and you could and that can like beat you down and torture you. But sometimes when you look around, uh, oh, like, look right now, like, uh, I got a roof over my head. I just ate lunch. I'm here talking to my buddy. I'm like, oh, things like this, this second is awesome, you know? But Hell sometimes yeah. your own mind could, uh, like, if you're, like, thinking ahead about, like, something that you have anxiety about or whatever, it can ruin your present, if that makes sense. And type thousand in, uh, percent. And like what you, it seems like you're kind of doing is kind of taking something similar, but turning it into like your work life and just pretty much using the pieces you have and which is wicked. Like you got that community in the punk scene and with Lime Ricky too. It sounds like you guys made something special by just um, circumstances and just having fun and wanting to make things together uh, while yeah. you can. And that's, that's great. And definitely got to keep in touch uh, about like the, the web series and stuff. Uh, I'm very intrigued. Definitely, man. Uh, yeah. We'll talk afterwards too. Uh, like maybe we'll kick it later this week, whether we see Jackass or not, if you want to like kick it and like, let's talk about some stuff. Cause I know you wanted to talk to me about working on some stuff together and uh, 
you know, let's see, maybe I could use your hand on a few things with the show and whatnot. I would love that, man. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I got the time now and uh, the energy as well. <laughs> like mentally, I feel like let's rock Joe. And that's like kind of why uh, um, I think it was like the day after New Year's, I just made a status. I'm like, this year, I want to make a Joe Cash video. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, again, I was just like in deep thought, just like, what do I want to do with my friends and the t- like not to be like overly deep and morbid too but I, I think a lot about like just like it, the time I have on earth I think because I like yeah, as you can see if people are watching the video version I got a bunch of grays in my hair too and uh it's just like I look in the mirror and it's like yo time is ticking baby like let's let's yeah. do things you know let's just so. say there's a reason I'm wearing a hat on camera right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't got the grays but I also just don't <laughs> got the hairs to go gray so yeah <laughs> I, I I feel you there man and also you know we live in a world where like we've been living at death's door for the last two years in a lot of cases constantly surrounded by that shit so it really makes you kind of fucking flies it really makes you <laughs> kind of, I don't know why there's a fly in my room it's the middle of January yeah. but it Maybe makes you question you. Yeah, hopefully, right? But, like, it makes you question, like, uh, how long am I going to be here? And I need to, like, do some stuff with people I love while I'm here. Yeah, that's that's a fucking great note to end it off on. And uh, anything else you want to say before we take off? Um, You know what? Just keep an eye out on my social medias because I do have a new music video out. I'm not going to have a ton of time to promote it, but it could drop a few days from now, it could drop two weeks from now. So just keep an eye on my social medias, mainly uh, my Instagram, Joe Cash, KOTD, my YouTube, Joe Cash. And uh, I use TikTok now, apparently. So my TikTok, Joe Cash, KOTD, those are the main things I'm on. I'm over Facebook, pretty over Twitter. So uh, yeah, just keep an eye out for this new, this new music that we were talking about. Hell yeah, exciting times. And thank you for checking in with us, Joe. That's the that's the segment now. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for thank you. Thank you for checking in with me. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. We got lots of content coming your way. Some regular style episodes with some new guests. And also, if you like this checking in with Joe Cash, let me know if there's any past guests I've had on the show you want to hear from. You want to know what they're up to now. We will make it happen. And like always, I appreciate so much of your support whether you're listening to this or on the Patreon. And speaking of the Patreon, I gotta show my love to the co-producer, Jeremy Hopkin of Hopkin Design, The Queen, Ola Mazuka of Sonic Fold, Ryan Watkins of Ryan Radio, Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd, Pat Maloney, Ryan Campbell, Danielson, Devin Staple, Devin McBride, Ramshi, he'd be a good one to check in with, he's the man, Mike Ulio, Jenny Potter, Jared Pepper Bronstein, a.k.a. Mr. Spicy. And last but not least, Francis Coffer, a.k.a. My Mom. Hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks again, and you'll hear from me soon. Peace.